You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hey, angels. Welcome to episode 56. Hallelujah. Um, We have some fun things that we're going to share today. Vanessa, what goodies are we bringing to the angels today? Well, as always, <laughs> we're going on an adventure today. Um, a couple of adventures, actually. This is a, a special podcast. We are going to talk about our highest good and uh, why sometimes it doesn't look like that <laughs> and what we can do about it. Um, and then we also have a special announcement uh, for all of you for the Angels listeners that we are very excited about. Um, and it's, it's an expansion. Yeah. And it's an expansion on our team. Many of you were available and there when we um, we had Priestess Ayla as a special guest for our summer solstice episode, our one year anniversary. And so many of you know already know that I have complete adoration and respect and completely honor Miss Ayla. And it, we inquired and asked of her to become part of us. Freud's Angels in both the recorded version and our live versions on Wednesdays on Facebook at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And she graciously said yes. And so I, with my whole heart bursting with happiness and joy, we welcome Priestess Ayla. Yay. Yay. Thank you, ladies. Um, it's very, it's quite a blessing to be here, most definitely. Thank you for allowing this opportunity. And um, I couldn't be more grateful and excited. I'm really excited. So, uh, yes, thank yeah. you, girls. Thank yeah. you. And, you know, Vanessa, I just let's I, personally, and this, and I want you to share it, Vanessa, your personal feelings and stuff. I wanted, not only do I feel Ayla has a lot to share with the world. Um, and, and the wisdom that she has is immense. We just were talking about this. Um, but I want, I would, I challenge you listeners to get into neutral, to hear the things she has to say as they come here, be open-minded, be understanding, think of it as a new way, a new tool, a new insight on how to heal because she has all of that. And I really encourage you to embrace her as us, bring her into the fold, accept her as you accept us, allow her to be, she, she's bringing this wealth of wisdom that is beyond all of us. And I am so pumped about it because I always have believed in who she was and who she is and the messages she has to say. And that's why I wanted to offer the platform for her to say, you know, it's kind of like, and, and Vanessa, remember when we did earth angels and we were just, we wanted, we wanted to amplify people who had a message, yeah. people who 
had something we believed in and, and, and wanted to say that we believed in that so much that that's what we tried to do the first time that didn't work because we weren't ready. Right. But now we're ready. Now we've done the work. Now we have the audience and now we get to do that. And I think that that's a bonus. It's a bonus for all of you to get, you know, three highly intelligent, highly heartfelt, you know, so totally in their heart space, humans that to share our wisdom, our knowledge, our healing, you know, our energy with you. That's, that's, that's a gift bigger than, than some of you may realize. So Vanessa, what was your, you know, what, what excited you about bringing Ayla on to the team? Um, Well, kind of along that same vein, you know, like, I feel like um, we don't know what we know until we know it. And we don't know what we know until it's put in front of us sometimes. And um, I think that there are ways of thinking that we are all programmed toward and ways of thinking that we are programmed away from. And with Freud's Angels, that's our whole cause has literally been about dragging people away from programming and allowing for something different to come in because it is healing. And because the expansion of your mind, your heart and your soul is a beautiful thing. It's how to create a beautiful life free from that programming, free from that cage that we get put into because of that programming. And when I can remember when you, you know, you kind of presented like, Hey, how about we do this? It was like, right away, I heard the word priestess. And I was like, absolutely. Like I have goosebumps right now just talking about it because it just felt like, bam, yes. Like we, it's another part of the the circle. I've been talking about circles, all of you who weren't here before, because we've been talking, you know, before we started recording, I just keep seeing circle and circle and 360. And that's what we talk about. We're just putting a new pie piece in there of wisdom that, that we need in order to create that whole self, that whole body healing, that whole mind healing, that whole soul healing. And a lot of times we aren't able to hear the message if it's not in the right context. And that's what we've been trying to do is bridge that gap, you know, of, hey, you may not have understood energy work until you started listening to us. You may not have understood a non-clinical psychology until you started listening to us. And now we're hoping that we're, we're adding on to that same concept of, you may not have understood this part of spirituality until this podcast. So listen, hear, hear what we have to say. It's all practical application to life, you know, and, and that's probably where some of this programming comes from is the idea that what we don't know, we just stay away from because it's not for us. But the reality of it is, is that real life needs all of this in order to be complete. We need to be able to be in touch with all of these parts of ourselves. And so that's, you know, what I thought immediately. And then we had her on our live and it was like knowledge flying all over the place and just dispelling myths and creating, you know, curiosity where maybe it wouldn't be. And that's what I want for everybody. I want everybody to be curious about the programming they haven't received yet and try to dabble into it and just listen. Doesn't hurt to listen to it. You don't have to do anything. We see this a lot. You know, you can listen to us and apply what you want and don't apply what doesn't apply to you. It's fine. You know, but we, I, I love the idea of bringing in just another facet of life that a lot of people I think are looking for and they're not quite sure what it is 
<laughs> and they'll start hearing it. <laughs> you don't know what you need until you get it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I think is, is happening or about to happen. I, I've seen it happen even since that live. Yeah. And, you know, Ayla, what, what do you hope to bring to our masses? What, what's in your heart and what do you want to bring to them? I would love to bring a restoration to life in general. You know, people are, they're tired. They are beat down. They're uncertain. They don't know how to discern, you know, reality from illusion anymore, especially in this day and age when you have so many individuals lost, so many individuals that have been traumatized and abused throughout the generations that we've lost our way of um, who we are and what we're about and where we come from, but most of all, the magic that resides in us, the magic that is around us in every way, shape, and form. And if we just tap into that magic, how we can understand and truly believe that the world we chose to come to is ours, in fact, as we want it to be, um, because it's yours. You just have to go lead it in the manner of that's right for you. And that's only going to be right when you're living in your own truth. You know, truth is truth in any language. There's no doubt about that. But until you have a reverence to understanding that for each is truth, only then can we have a true peace on earth. And um, that's my hope is just to bring that availability that, you know, there's no doubt this place is hard. Earth is hard but it doesn't have to be. And if we can find a restoration to where our soul is coming from, how it operates here and where it will return to, then you have a more leniency of how we coexist here on the planet with each other. Yeah. I love that. And I heard that, like I felt it. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. I just, I was just, allowing the wave of that just to kind of, <laughs> and, and listeners, do you, do you get why we were like, yeah, we need her. Do you get, I think it completes like Vanessa's talking about circles. She's chasing her tail today. Talk about the yeah. it, but you know, and but, it's so funny. Cause I've always felt like a square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, you're going to break up Vanessa's circle. <laughs> Hey, the circle can go around the square. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, it just, it, I think it takes what we talk about to that next level. It's like, it, and it's not that any of us couldn't take you there, but it's, it's hell. It's having that information. It's having that specific specialized information from each of us that's going to get you to where you know, where you are living that life that you choose versus a life that's living you. Um, and to do the work, to be, you know, respectful and honor yourself and honor the work and honor who you are in a, in a whole, that's all we ever, I, I think sometimes that's all we ever want. We want you to be able to honor yourself, honor your feelings, honor your love, honor, honor your place and your existence on this earth and honor the power that you have within you in a way that you take yourself seriously and you take yourself and the experiences you have in a respectful way, because 
the trauma that happens, the things that happen to you, the programming that happened to you were not of your own will. Right. And you have to kind of be in a space of reverence and a space of honoring and a space of, I almost want to say warriorship to heal sometimes from that because you are standing up for yourself and ultimately the person you are here to be. And when you're uncovering all of that programming, all of the trauma, you're fighting for yourself. And in order for you to feel and to be in that fight and as a true being, you kind of have to start with the idea of honoring all of it, honoring the fact that all of it's there and you can do that. You can heal yourself. You can change your life. You can do it on a soul level that you're done. So that next time around the sun or next time around on your next adventure in the 3D, maybe you have less trauma you have to go through to heal in order to be happy, in order to find that what your purpose is. Because I'm sure when this lifetime I have ended and I have specifically ended contracts that I was not willing to do that next time around because I am done like ninth time done. Like, you know, it's like a hundred time done. It's like, I don't need to do this because I'm doing the work to solve it so that I can live my best life this next time around. And now, because as I'm healing it, I'm gaining that feeling of living my best life. Even if there's more to heal, I can still be happy despite having trauma I need to heal. I can still be happy and find joy in life despite what I'm going through. So yeah, this is- Which is exactly the the reason for our podcast today is thinking about that of like, this is not always that fun. (laughs) Sometimes it is very not fun, but it doesn't mean we don't love it. It doesn't mean that we don't, that, that, that we're being punished, you know, um, that these are, these are beautiful things in the end, in the end game, when we allow ourselves to step into that space. And um, what I specifically love about this podcast, and especially adding um, Ayla onto the podcast is that people can listen to it in private, and they can do this journey on their own, without the outside influence, because that's what causes people to clam up that's what causes people to not do this work sometimes is that fear of what other people are saying what other people are thinking what other people you know have to say about your methods for healing yourself and we want people to be able to listen to this and think about different psychology think about energy work think about some generational wisdom stuff that has been thrown to the side that we we now say oh no it's so bad or oh no we don't do it that way anymore and sit with it by yourself and be able to think, go inward and say, where, what does work for me? I don't need what other people have. I need what I have. I need to rebuild. I love the word restoration. I need to restore my soul. And if that means we listen, that you listen to this podcast and you don't feel like you have to tell everybody about all the things that you're working on, that's fine. Remember that. This is about your journey. This isn't about other people having input on your journey. No. And that's, that's where you want, unless it's a trusted mentor, a trusted friend that is a healer, a therapist, you know, someone that is going to keep the power in your court, someone that's not going to try to take your power away. You know, we talked about that in our last live, how you need to keep, don't give your power away to people who 
don't necessarily have your highest good in, in, in mind. Like, you know, when you have, and I'm sorry, there's, I'm a reader and I know there's readers out there who will tell you, you need to come once a week or every month to have a reading because you need to this information and I need to tell you because you don't know it. Bullshit, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you need anything. I, I like, I'm like, so like my friend, I did a reading for a friend who never had one before. She's like, how often do these people do it? When your brain, when your intuition says, maybe have a reading with some energy that you're not seeing, then call me. If you feel like you need an idea, I said every six months. You get a kind of an idea of your energies. If you really want time frames, I'm like, it has nothing to do with me. I'm not doing the reading or the healing for you to come back to me. If you feel you need it again, because you need what I gave you and you're kind of, you need a clearing. That's up to you, not up to me. I'm giving you your power in, in, in the autonomy of making that decision for yourself. Not because I need you to fund my life and, and, that really makes me angry when I, I have, when I've experienced or I've seen readers do this to people that are like, well, she said I should. And I'm like, no, no, no. She's saying that because she's taking your power away because you have all the answers. Every time I do a session, I'm like, your answers are here. They're within you. So we're going to go into your energy and find them. And I'm just showing you where they are. And then when you're ready, you can find them for yourself next time. Mm-hmm. that's how I feel about what I do too it's like a horrible business model if you're thinking of it money wise <laughs> like hey if you don't think you need to come every week then that's fine <laughs> you know and people are like well how do you make money I just put other people there like I try to get as many people as I can I mean it's not my job to right off the bat make you depend on me or tell you what you are supposed to do with your life that sets a horrible precedent I think in my practice with with somebody so yeah I mean it's it's that that autonomy and allowing people to understand hey man I'm just a sounding board or I'm just a you know a a a hollow like you you say like a hollow bone to give a message but it's all up to you inside to take that with you and find that knowledge that is in there I'm just poking at it right like we're all just in here poking (laughs) so if you go how okay I I found it (laughs) yeah absolutely funny in my profession it's a little more simplicity but not um my influx is on full moons is where I'm being the phone's ringing the messages are coming through it's just Mm kind of silly and again, it's because people think there has to be a regiment, there has to be a conditioning, you know, and, and so often, you know, I love what I do, don't get me wrong, but it's just sometimes the individuals, you know, it's like uh, back at the table with the same boyfriend, with the same stuff, with the same redundancy. it's like, no, um, okay, we're going to do this again, you know, <laughs> it's like, just because you're paying me again doesn't mean I'm going to give you the answer you want. Right. <laughs> you right. know, it, it, it can be so frustrating. But yeah, too often there's readings or castings or energy work or just classes, whatever it is. It's, you know, I often tell individuals just use your own discretion. You know, I'm not you, I'm not in your heart. I'm, of your heart and I love your heart but I don't know and I'm, I'm not feeling what you feel I may have an idea I may be have experienced those things but 
I don't know indefinite how you're feeling at that moment of that time. Only you know. And so, you know, people can have the greatest reading and they're on top of the world and they leave that day and then their pet ends up dying that evening, you know, and then you can guarantee they're going to be calling that morning. So it's always, you know, at discretion. Emotion has a lot to do with it. Shock, that's usually a, a huge factor in that equation. You know, something so shocking can happen and they want a psychic or a reader or a witch or a psychologist to let you know, in fact, why that happened and where it's going and what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The it's- life of holistic realms. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, it's all about safety, right? Like, you know, they need a story. And if we tell the story, they don't have responsibility for the story. And nobody Correct. wants responsibility for the ugly stories. We only want it for the good stuff. Well, it- Correct anybody can walk out of a reading or healing and I can tell you, Oh, you know, you know, well, I sense that you want to create a business and you want to do this nine to five and, and, and reading the energies around that and what the kind of the angels and the guides are saying. And I can tell you all of that. And you can turn around and go, Nope, I'm not going to do a business. I'm going to go work a nine to five. Right. And everything I said does and it doesn't apply anymore because you free will have made a different choice. Yes. Based on hearing what you needed to hear, which was a soundboard of yourself, (laughs) right? Oh, it doesn't sound so good when it comes back at me. (laughs) You know, I don't, and, 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 and if that is your dream and you're fearing doing that, like, I don't take your fear away. You have to sit in your fear of what you're trying to manifest and, 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 or, or fear of doing something or stepping forward and taking a risk. The fear is part of the process. The fear is you have to recognize with that within yourself. I can't take that away. I can't give you the magic pill. That's going to make you be brave and courageous. You have to step into that energy for yourself and make that decision. So let's, let's kind of touch this into the idea of the highest good, not always being what we want it to be, not always being and looking like what we expect, not being cupcakes and rainbows as, as well, let's quote Ayla. Um, and let's talk about that. You know, when we do any type of work spiritually, um, whether it's, you know, working with angels, whether it's erudition, whatever it is, we always like, it's always that moniker and the highest good for all involved. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I challenge you to think, how do you know what's for your highest good? You yeah. know, if you're having an expectation of what this highest good is, how do you know that? You don't. Because if you were, if you knew what your highest good was and what was for your highest good, you wouldn't be sitting in that position to get a healing or a reading or some sort of other holistic like type of work done. You would kind of already know and you wouldn't need insight or you wouldn't need to clear it. So when we ask for the highest good, we have an idea of what we want to happen. Okay. Say it's, I want to you know, my highest good would be to, you know, have this relationship, whatever it is. But the universe is like, yeah, not really, because that person isn't for your highest good. And then that person leaves. And you're like, well, what the hell? I asked for my highest good. Well, honey, your highest good wasn't to be in that relationship. And I felt it. And I loved them. And my hearts and my (laughs) sparkles and everything was there. How could it not have been my highest good? (laughs) right like we we it's that idea and I think that this is a common thing 
you know, we, we have this idea that because we've been taught we can manifest what we want, which is true, it doesn't always mean it's good for us. Right. You know, you can manifest the car, the house, the whatever, but do you have the money to pay for the insurance? And do you have the money to pay for the taxes for your property? And do you have the money to, you know, have you thought about the fallout of all that you're trying to manifest? And is it really what your soul needs or is it what your ego needs, which is not helpful? (laughs) Right. So when I'm always adding that highest good onto my manifestations, I know that it may not be what I'm wanting. I know that. Like when I moved here, I wanted to move straight into where I was going to live forever. Like I did not want to go through the trauma that I went through when I first arrived in the Pacific Northwest. I didn't want to have to rent an apartment for two or three months. I didn't want to have to appeal for the, for it to live in the apartment that I wanted. Cause I felt I was a good tenant. How dare they make me appeal? You know, I, you know, I thought my highest good was to get right there and blah, blah, blah. And I had all this idea of what was going to happen. And none of that happened. None of it. And, but then I realized over time, as I was going through it, I realized how important that process was for my highest good, because how it happened is the way it needed to happen because I needed it to happen that way, energetically, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So sometimes (laughs) we need to allow the highest good to be the opposite of what we're wanting it to be and trusting, right. And trusting that there's a sense of like, we are getting what's for our highest good, but there's a bigger plan that we can't see. I needed time to rest. I needed time to be in a space that was inexpensive for me to be in next to one of my best friends in a time that I had just uprooted myself. I did another huge move. I was in big T trauma because of how the move went, you know, struggling through a lot of the emotionality and, and conflict I was in. I needed my friend next to me. I needed to be next door to my best friend and have dinners on a regular and talk and be there and and to be there for each other. I needed that comfort to know that I was in the right place so that I could work on manifesting the job that I wanted, the housing that I wanted. You know, it helped me balance and find balance and healing the, whatever just happened, the big move. The, the, the idea of it. And I couldn't have come into this space, bringing all of that trauma energy and made it a comfortable space. I couldn't make it a space for healing because I was bringing all this big T trauma with me. And so I left it in the old place. You know, I kind of healed it, left it there, cleansed it for the next person because I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, I hope you don't pick up on this energy, but you know, <laughs> it was my space. I had to have it. I had to land there. And I had to do it in a way that made me prepared for this manifestation of getting the job that I wanted, finding the perfect home. So you can't do it from trauma. You can't manifest from trauma and you can manifest more trauma, but you can't manifest (laughs) is good. hundred (laughs) percent that forcing. Yeah. uh, It can bring some extra that you weren't looking for. Right. For sure. For sure. And I think too, like when we think about the highest good, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, um, it's it's like when when somebody is coming to me about rock bottom, right? Like, so 
I'll say to, you know, they're concerned about somebody and I'll say, well, they haven't hit their bottom. And they, they'll look at me and go, how could that not be their bottom? This is like, so I can't even imagine that. And I'm thinking, well, or I say out loud, they are experiencing life differently than you. You're lucky that this would be your bottom. Like, let's have some gratitude here that that would feel like bottom to you, but their bottom is based on experience. It's the same thing with highest good in the opposite direction. We only have experienced certain things in our lives. So we're, when we're trying to think about what our highest good is, it's based solely on experience, right? I know what this feels like. I know what this looks like. I know what my programming says, maybe some extra, like I saw it, but still that's part of your experience. If it's something that's better for you that you've never seen, that you've never thought about, that you've never experienced yet, that's still your highest good. You just haven't touched it to know that it's your highest good. And that's where, you know, when we talk about our manifestations and being able to say, well, this is within my realm of possibility. So that's what I'm asking for, right? Like I'm asking for a house on the beach because I love the beach. You know, like that was my whole thing of like, I am surrounded by, I'm landlocked in Texas. I can't be here. This is freaking me out. I need to go back to the beach. You know, I need to be at my grounding spot. But being able to say, I think I know what that is because of what I experienced before, but allowing myself to understand that it could look differently the next time because I haven't experienced everything. I haven't been at every beach (laughs) to know which one's the best one for me. So open up. If it comes in front of you, step toward it. Check it out. See if that's what it is because the connection to the highest good is the highest vibration, the highest feeling, the happiness, like those are the connections that we're making. And so we have to let that be. Okay, there's going to be a path through there. Um, maybe I'm going to have to weed whack a little bit. <laughs> because, you know, there's stuff along the way, I'm not going to appreciate the end, if I don't go through these kind of things. Sometimes I mean, again, everybody's experience is different. And I think that's why this becomes so difficult, difficult and muddled for people is because they'll see a linear path from somebody else and decide that that has to be for them. And it's not everybody's is different. Everybody's experience is different. Everybody's high is high is different. Everybody's low is low is different. And we just have to be in, in tune with ourselves in order to know that so that we can accept that and that we can endure those bumps along the way (laughs) with the knowledge of it being for our highest good because of having to go over them to get to the other side. Otherwise we'll just stay on the side of the bump. (laughs) And in tiny to that merging it together, in my opinion, I believe absolutely we're so on point. Grace, you're absolutely right. Our highest good is not always good. And our lowest point is always our lowest in perspective, which is where that comes together. If we can really true have a reverence for that and understanding that wholeheartedly, then you can really bring those two together and look at each's path, each's individual's cross that they have to bear for whatever reason. And just know that God, universe, whatever they believe in knows what they're doing. And if we just step out of that way, only then are we doing the mindful manifestation, mindfully manifesting, because we are understanding the highest of high and the lowest of low is always through perspective. But regardless, it's due to each his own contract in their own right. Yes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we think about spirituality and, 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 you know, we, we talk about a lot about how it's about surrendering, surrendering our ego, surrendering our plans, surrendering the control and allowing us to be in that flow of that is exist for all of us. You know, there's a flow that each of us can dial into personal flow because my flow isn't the same of everybody else's, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that when we step out of the idea that we have to control everything, but when we're, when I, when you, this is where manifestation can take on that egoic sense is that when you're trying to manifest something, you're trying to control a situation because Mm -hmm. you're saying, this is what I want. Therefore I'm going to manifest it. Now that isn't bad inherently, but when you begin to manifest these things and then all of a sudden it's not what you wanted, it's like, you're just like, oh, well you, it's like, it's like throwing that temper tantrum and being angry about, well, this isn't what I wanted. Well, you just manifested it. So what's the problem? (laughs) You know? And I think that we have to understand is that everything that we do, whether it's energy work, whether it's reading, whether it's, you know, therapy, whether it's which, whatever we're doing, we have to do it from that highest vibration. We have to do it from the intent of the heart, not, and, and like you said, mindful, not from the intent of lack, the intent of just greed, the intent of like, well, this is what I want. Um, and this is what I'm going to have, etc. So I think we have to check ourselves, um, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself, because that's really is what's going to happen. If you don't like step into the idea that, you know, you need to heal some stuff before you're really manifesting at a level that's of your highest good. If yeah, that makes sense. absolutely. It's like trying to, it's, it's like saying, you know, I want to be the winner of a bodybuilder contest and not wanting to do the work to get to it. You just want to show up and lift up the barbell. Well, you're going to totally wreck your body because you're not willing to do the hard stuff that will get you there. You can, anybody can do it. If that's what you really truly want and you put the work in to do that, you know, whether or not you want to based on, you know, lack or based on self-esteem issues is a whole you know, the whole basis of what we are trying to check ourselves with. Why do I want this? What is this about? Is this coming from ego? Is this coming from pain? Is this coming from trauma? Then I need to slow my roll because I'm going to create more difficulty for myself than is necessary. I, I want like, <laughs> when I think about it, you know, even just talking about it right now, I'm like, maybe that gets added in to my manifestations, like the least difficult path, please, because I know it's going, I know it's going to be, there's going to be bumps in it. I know because there's healing that, that needs to be done along any path. You know, every path is going to have a bump. Every path is going to have something else because the world is a wild card. You know, anybody who tried to manifest something was not thinking about a pandemic shutting everything down last year, you know, but that's a bump that we can get over. That's a bump that we can endure. That's a bump. That's a sidestep that we can use in one way or another to heal something so that on the other side of it, we can continue on with whatever it is and allowing it to come in and saying, okay, I mean, that wasn't the, my favorite thing in the world. That wasn't what I was asking for, but it taught me this, this, and this, which I would not have learned otherwise. So thanks. 
thank you because I am stronger for it. I will now be able to go toward whatever it is I'm trying to manifest in a stronger way. I will be smarter, I, whatever, you know, and sometimes people get annoyed, like, oh, it's just silver lining, like <laughs> enough. And I'm like, yeah, it's your choice. You can choose to see it as, you know, a, a gaping wound, or you can choose to see it as strength building exercises, like you would go to the gym. You know, if you want it to be, you've got to do it. Or my favorite, get real, Vanessa. How are you going to do that if the individual doesn't even have arms? <laughs> and my quote to that is, you're absolutely right. But maybe that individual could do the fullest in that same field without those arms because they're learning through karma mm. and they're growing through grace. And mm. when we can respect that contract and that platform, then do we truly grow and evolve on a whole totality in psychology, energy, and spirituality. And I think that's what people are so adamant about is it has to be done a particular way, a certain way. And if one plus one doesn't equal two, well, then how can three plus one equal two? It's like, no, 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 it, no, it doesn't. It's just understand, number one, why you're here. Number one, why did you come? Number two, why are these experiences, situations being presented to you through the abuses and traumas? And I think people, what it is, is they take things so personal and it's being done to them and not for them. And it's why they can't traject out of those, you know, patterns, out of those addictions, out of that redundancy of, you know, hurt and pain and frustration and what they call drama you know, without realizing, but you signed up for the casting, you brought them all in, you know, it's like, take control of your own life, be responsible for your own life. And whatever is being presented to you, you know, it's being done for you. People have to truly understand that they have to start believing that they have to start trying something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. You know, like I get it. I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day who was you know, kind of in their head about work and why it wasn't working for them and it's working for other people and just having this whole worldview of like, I'm very unlucky and everything is happening for everybody but me. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, so do something different. I didn't think that. I said it out loud, of course. <laughs> I don't often say it in my head. <laughs> I, I did say it out loud. So, you know, do something different. And the answer was, I don't want to do something different. It's not fair. And I'm just unlucky. And I thought, fine. You do, okay. You want to be unlucky. You want to sit in that right now. That's yours. And that's okay. But there is that thing that you want to build in there of, uh, it's an opportunity for me to grow. So I'm being, there's something being put in front of me not because I need to walk away completely from this job, but I need to, first of all, clear this. <laughs> like, oh, the right. whole world happens to me and I don't happen at all in it, you know, but judgmental about other people and, you know, just kind of taking that whole thing apart and being like, how did this get to this point where I feel like I can't and now I won't be part of my journey. I will not participate in my growth because it doesn't look like the way I want it to 
So I'm just going to sit right here in my pit of misery. (laughs) 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 That's what I'm going to do. And it's like, great. You're just going to manifest more of it. It's not mine. It's yours. And I kind of feel I'm not being called out, but I'm kind of like, oh, okay. So (sighs) I had a situation that happened, you know, two things. Let me start over two things. One thing is, is that Ayla, that, that statement that you always used to make, you know, the world is not happening to you. It's happening for you was such a mantra for me for a long time, you know, because I had to remind myself that I, you know, that, that there's, there's, I can look at situations in two ways, the victim or the victor. I can either look at it. Oh my God. Oh, it was me. This is happening. Or I can say, okay, this is happening. How come? What, what did I do to bring this to me? Or if this is a situation out of my control, what can I do to learn from the situation and how I reacted to the situation? So it's been a huge mantra for me for a very long time because I do get stuck in my ruts where I'm, I feel like, no, it's just, it's all me. And it's like, it's happening. And why I do, I work so hard at not doing it. I get all bitchy and like <laughs> cry baby. But anyways, that's this will last week. So I had a situation where I reacted in an old vein. So no matter how, you know, no matter how far along you are in your journey, you're always going to be susceptible to reacting in a vein of that. You always have to challenge yourself because I, I had paid my rent and I very fastidious. I am very like, I went through a period of time in my life where I was not fastidious, where I (laughs) money and I were not friends and I did not respect money's energy. I just was like, Nope, I'm not respectful. And you know, I was not the greatest of financiers. So I have made it upon myself in my life to be very punctual with payments, to always be on time, to really strive and work hard to do the right thing. Right. And so like three days after I gave them my rent check, I got a delinquent notice of, we understand that these COVID times are still happening, but you still need to pay your rent and blah, blah, blah. And I instantly was pissed the fuck off. I was so angry and I was so mad and in my heart. And I was like, girl, relax. It's okay. So they just must have not, something must've happened. They didn't know where to put it. You know, it's okay. Relax. And I'm like, damn fuckers. And I'm like, in my head, I'm creating this like angry monologue of, why I was so angry and justifying and angry and I was mad and I wanted to like hurt somebody. And then I'm like, you're going to wait till tomorrow to call them because I think that's a good idea. And I'm like, fine, I'll wait till tomorrow. And I was mad. (laughs) And I was like, I I called them and I'm like, trying to be calm. I was like, (laughs) it was in the morning when I'm like kind of my brain foggiest. So I wasn't in touch with the anger. And I was like, Um, I came in and I told them, you know, I paid and I said, I looked at the stub from the bank and it looks like they didn't put my apartment number on it. So I'm afraid. I said, even though that I handed him my driver's license with my correct address on it, I said, you know, you know, God forbid people be efficient, but I said, my, I said, I have a fear that you didn't know where to do it. And I don't want to be that person because I'm not a delinquent person. And I just, and I was just, you know, I tried to just remain very calm and 
So, you know, eventually, yep, they had it because they had no apartment number on it. They didn't know where it went. They were just like, thank God she called us, you know, so we'll apply it and you're fine. And I'm like, okay, as long as I'm okay. They're like, you're fine. I'm like, okay. And, and, and I, after I got off the phone, I'll be very honest. I wanted to sit here and bawl my eyes out because it wasn't that I was angry. It was that I was so upset that somebody would think that I was that person of who I used to be. Yeah. So we have to really kind of our reaction to the world and our reaction to, you know, when we're asking for our highest good and we're trying to be in our highest vibrations, we have to kind of be really understanding is that our anger is valid. That's another thing. That's another podcast because it's something I learned this week as well. And uh, hopefully someday we'll do a podcast on it, but you know, for me, for me, anger, you know, I know Vanessa's like, I got to write it down. Um, for me, anger is violence. In my life, everybody who was angry, there was violence attached to that anger. And so people wonder why I'm not a protester. Whereas in my heart, I feel strongly about the things they're protesting about, why I can't go do it. Because there is a sense of, I fear violence because anger equals violence to me. And so when I get angry like that, I used to suppress the anger. And so when I was angry in that moment, I was angry because I was hurt Mm. because I was afraid that all the work I did was for naught, that I worked so hard to be the best tenant, the, the person who paid on time, if not early every time, like that, that I was afraid that I would be that person or be seen as the, what I used to be because, Mm -hmm. but then again, that's, that's another area for me to accept. Like I'm on this journey of accepting my 3d space well, I have to accept all the people I've been. That includes the delinquent version of me, as well as the person who's very fastidious. I can't get rid of her. She's a part of who I am. And she's why you're who you are now. So, so sometimes I have to look at like, okay, you know, I looked at the situation and I'm like, now I'm like, okay, for, you know, I look at it as my highest good was to feel that anger and to see that part of me that I am not accepting and allowing into my life because I'm rejecting her because I think there's something wrong with her, that I don't see the trauma of the delinquent version of me. I don't see the idea of no one ever taught me how to deal with money or honor money because my mother's, you know. So anyway, so when we're looking at life and we're looking at our highest good, sometimes we have to realize is the shit we're in is for our highest good. Because we're if, if we take our blinders off, And we look at it from a perspective of what do I need to see? What am I learning here? What, what am I, what am I, you know, what's the true message? What's the truth versus what do I want to create around the truth? So I don't see the truth, the messages, the anger, the, you know, because when I stepped out of my anger and tried to be very calm and equitable having a conversation because I don't want to be angry at the people that I that own where I live like I don't want to create that relationship with them and you know and and when I got down to it oh my gosh I made a mistake yeah you know I have to own it because if the bank didn't put it on there chances are I didn't ask him to put my apartment number so I have to own that mistake and owning that mistake and understanding it and creating that situation made me realize as I was just, I don't want to be seen as a, as a delinquent person. Like I have judgment of that, which there again, more healing to be done. Yeah. More, more 
kind of collecting my 3D self in all of its versions, not just the version I've created now and what I am now, but the version of the pain and the trauma I lived in, the decisions, you know, the bad decisions, the good decisions, the shitty decisions, the decisions of, oh my God, girl, what did you just do? You know, all of it. Like I have to own all of that and understand and, and work with accepting that and loving that and having compassion for myself because bad decisions don't come from, you know, just out of the air. They come yeah, from like, I would like yeah. to wreck my life today. Yeah. Like we don't just show up deciding that we're going to just fuck it all up. You know, <laughs> well, maybe some people do, but I sure as hell did. Yeah, but it's all based in that, like, it already is fucked up, right? Like, if you're having right. a great life, I mean, there there's a thing back here that tells you that it's not real, and that's why we will self-sabotage. But when you're in that good space, you don't self-sabotage. You don't make bad decisions because you're living in you're living in it. You're living in the goodness of it. But so, like, as you were talking, I heard multiple people in my head that have that have asked me this question when I bust out with the like there's a lesson in everything and there's growth in everything (laughs) there's always the people that will be like well then why do people die of cancer (laughs) what kind of lesson is that for me and I think that's a good thing for us to talk about because I'm sure somebody listening is going to say that what about the horrible things in the world what about the horrible things that have happened to a loved one or you know, to myself, how do I get into the space of acceptance? How do I get into the space of this being a path to highest good? Because it sure doesn't feel good. It sure doesn't feel like this, that this, this highest good contains this. And I think part of it comes from the words highest and good are positive. And so we connotate that with everything having to be positive, right? Like our highest good must be the best it must be this shining ring that we swing from for the rest of our lives yay us and not understanding that highest good is more about our existence on this world and on this earth and how it relates to others in addition like we're taking it out of the self and putting it into the community putting it into the galaxy whatever it is that we have to do however however small or big we have to go to take it out of us and kind of deal with it on that level but I'm curious to say to think about how you guys like would I guess conceptualize that when somebody's like excuse me but (laughs) this is the shittiest situation I've ever been in in my life and somebody is now passed over how do I turn this highest good into, you know, something positive. (laughs) It sucks. I hate it. People do it to me all the time though, because it's like, I get it. Like when you're in pain, you're like, there's no way in hell that losing my mom was good. Right. Like, and we're calling it highest good. We're calling it something that I can just spin around and put a silver lining on. No, no. There's two, see, we, uh, I, I will say I, I (laughs) ride that line that everybody is, has their own path. We have attachment to people. Yes. And while it is a shitty thing that you're a mom has a father, a loved one, a sibling has passed away. 
But sometimes that's their contract. Sometimes when they stepped on this earth, they were, that was what was to happen to them. That's why there's a lot of times, and I'm not saying it takes away the pain. I'm not saying it justifies it. I'm not saying that, you know, we should all just be okay about it. But there's a lot of times babies step into this earth for a moment, but they're being called back for a reason. There's a soul, there's something, there's soul work that's happening from my understanding. And I am dying to hear Ayla's take on this. Um, But that there is, it's their path. It's just that sometimes path is tragedy. Sometimes we have no control over the outer world. You know, if if a person dies from a car crash because somebody else hit them, we don't know, you know, that's out of their, their control. That's, that's the harder part of accepting things when people have passed traumatically, like all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people will come into this earth knowing how they're going to die, which brings the fear of those things. Like somebody who dies in a plane crash, maybe they fear planes. Maybe they fear the idea of flying and there's a reason you know, some, and maybe it's a past life thing. Maybe it's, maybe they have the understanding of their contract. They remember that part of signing on the dotted line that, oh, I'm going to die in a plane crash. <laughs> like, you know, like there, there are. I'm some- going to avoid it by not getting on airplanes because now I'm afraid. Yeah. So it's like, there's different things at play here for me. Um, but I also am, am a firm believer is that people don't ever leave because I can always have a, I can always talk to them. So Mm -hmm. I know their physical being isn't here, but I can still connect with their soul. Now that's something that helped me with grief. It's something that helps me with grief, but also if you want to talk about highest good, when my father died or was dying very young, he was 50, what, four, 55, when he passed from cancer, he manifested the cancer himself. He had pancreatic cancer, pancreatic cancer, losing the sweetness of life. He was depressed. He had, um, he had just gone through a very traumatic experience with his ex-wife and his ex-stepdaughter. He was facing the reality of his mistakes and his undoing and his like the wrong that he did to people. And I'm, I'm talking really bad things and also hit his own pain and trauma. So when he had pancreatic cancer, he manifested it because of his emotional state and his unwillingness to take care of himself. Now I can say that, but that doesn't help people necessarily. Like, you know, a lot of my mother, she had breast cancer because she has a very difficult relationship with her mother. Like she doesn't, there's this sense of like, you know, that's why I'm so particular on healing that for me, because I don't, I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with it. But, um, at the same time, it's like the energy is there. My dad did that now for me and my highest good, because I am who I am. And because I recognize that it was an opportunity for me to step into the space of healing the shit between me and my father that needed to be healed. 
Now I'm, I'm very lucky that he was very clear that if he died, that he could die. He was very clear about it. So we had a lot of long conversations that he finally understood that out of all the people he put before me in my life, who was the only one there to take care of him when he got sick? And he finally stepped into that space of realization and the truth finally showed up for him and the healing between us finally happened. He said, out of all the people that I supposedly loved me in my life, you're the only one that's still here helping me and doesn't hate me for what I did and who I am. And he finally stepped into that space of, I didn't treat you the way you deserve to be treated. There was healing that happened there. All of that, that situation, that alchemy of the cancer of my dad, of who he was and who I was, was necessary for me to get that healing. Now we did it lovingly. We did it kindly. There was no anger. There was no, you did this and you did that. There was just that sense of this is, this is where we're at. And in the end, he, there was so much healing. I could end my hundred year contract with him in our lifetimes and are coming back over and over again, doing the same thing. He used to put me in fucking dungeons on past lives because I didn't clean the floor correctly. You know, he used to treat me like shit way back when, and he still did in this lifetime. So I was done with that and I needed to heal that. Now, again, I'm a different person. I see death. Well, it's dual healing too. I, I see the healing on his end too for the, for his own contract and yeah. going forward. And, you know, I just, so for me, no, cancer is never, never positive. It's never good. There's grief that happens because we have attachment to people, but it doesn't mean there isn't things we can take away from the situation in order to serve us. Like this idea of being a diabetic, this idea of my outlook on life, sometimes being a little crunchy. I'm, I'm working hard to heal that hard because I want to see the sweetness of life. I don't want to lose it. I want to be focused on the goodness in my life all the time and understand and respect where some of the challenges are, but to be focused on the abundance, the gratitude, that's that in itself was a lesson for me. But, you know, then again, people, some people can't access that. And I understand that. So anyways, that was no, my that's good. right. Like hearing Sorry. a story like that can, 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 because healing doesn't have to happen at that time, right? Like you, you can still, you can still heal that from, you know, father who passed away five years ago and you still had a volatile, but hearing that story allows for the, the inner going, and maybe you don't get to have that conversation in the 3d, but you can certainly have that conversation with yourself. You can certainly have your conversation with what you know of that person and allow that conversation to happen so that you can release. Well, and like my mother and I will not completely heal our relationship until she passes. I'm very clear of that, that we can only heal it to so much. And what the healing is, is me accepting the situation, accepting what she is, who she is and me understanding that I'm not going to be able to do any type because she can't, she has no bandwidth to do it none 
And so when she passes, then I can have conversations. I'm yeah, I'm still healing stuff with my dad. I yell at him all the time. And I'm like, what the hell? Why did, why did you give me this shit? I don't want it. You know, why did, why did you, you know, pass on this thought process or this idea, you know, and, and programming. (laughs) So, but that's, that's me. So, okay. Miss Ayla, I want to hear your take on this because this is, <laughs> this is an, I'm interested. Um, well, let me start with, first of all, I've never lost anyone very close to me. However, I've lost someone I was close with. And that was my father's, uh, my son's father, should I say. Um, and we weren't on good terms. You know, he was never there for my son because he couldn't be as well. But what I did learn in that death process was because I understood the death process, I took advantage of that because I knew that he trajected to the other side, that he would be more helpful to me more in that sense than he ever could be while he was here in the 3D earth. And that when he was over on the other side, that he would instantly just get it. You know, everything that I was trying to build, every decision choice that I created for our son, you know, I knew, in fact, in my heart that this individual would get it and know it. I think when it comes to death and the death process, people don't understand it because they can't look at the energy and the design behind it. Again, they think it's being done to them without understanding the bigger picture. When I have clients that come to me and they're in that huge pain because they've lost a loved one and they will tend to say, you know, why is this happening? Um, Why is God doing this? God tends to be the individual or the notion where people want to put blame because they don't understand that process. And often I tell them that it wasn't God that done this. It was all of us that did this, even to the extent of, you know, the individual's loved one. And they'll look at you confused, like, how are you a part of that equation when you're not even related to us? But it's the fact that when you're looking at a death process, everyone in that process, in that moment, in that time is going to be a huge factor to that process because they're going to bring something. The beauty about living and coming to this planet is we all enter into this planet the same way. That's a fact, but we will not all exit the same way and it's because between the moment you come in and the date you exit that dash in between is all of the evolution that you're going to go through whether you evolve in due to karma whether you're doing it to evolve on a, a you know evolution scale energy scale a soul level people they got to understand that the death process is actually a greatest gift that the soul can ever experience. It's brave to come to this planet. And the soul wants to experience every emotion possible or known. The only place you're going to do that is here. And the emotions that push you to the ultimate in developing the soul to the fullest are always going to be in the lower vibrations. If that wasn't true, we wouldn't have to come to the 3D world. If we wanted to remain in all the higher vibrations, the love vibrations, we wouldn't even take on the human form. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So it is okay to be angry when these things happen because that is the emotion. Matthew 5, 22, you know, 
522, being angry with cause is very, very important because it shifts the soul to traject into something different, something more soulful, something more mindful. I mean, it'd be almost unreal to say a human couldn't get angry. What would be the point of coming to earth? I mean, because this is a place where, you know, anger thrives. This is a place where hate thrives. And if that wasn't so, why is it humanity is the only one as far as their evolution? Everything else is evolving. It's evolving to the fullest, but humanity has not. Why? Because we still have to operate all these emotions, the sadness, the hurt, the confusion, the pain, the anger, you know, all of those. There ain't nobody have no problem or bitching or complaining when everyone's feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I always say that nobody's come to therapy to complain about how great their life is. So if that's the case, then why wouldn't that be on a bigger scale as far as earth is concerned? Yeah. You know, death, like I say, I, I would like to think, you know, that when that time comes for me, because, you know, my parents are getting elder and there will be a day where I become an orphan myself, of course, but I've been blessed yeah. with the knowledge of my mom teaching me you know the death part like here's the thing okay <laughs> my mom told me Kita, when I die one don't hold a damn funeral for me okay don't be wasting your money all that nonsense two <laughs> you know we don't like the family either so don't even be inviting them they haven't been here all our lives so why are they going to come for my death to gloat no four <laughs> you know what? I don't want it. So you and your brother figure out all the stuff you're going to have to figure out and situate and stuff. And I told her, well, aren't you going to miss me? Well, why would I miss you? I'm going to be with God having a party. No, you figure your stuff out. That's why I'm teaching you now. You make sure you get this because I don't want to be here forever. And I'm like, okay, let me get a journal and a notebook. (laughs) So she always made death like a party, you know? And then she's explained to me, like those who have had children, you know, you prep, you prep for that child to be coming into the world. You have a shower, you clean everything, you make everything nice. You only invite who you want and who's safe and all of that. Well, the death process is the same thing. They're doing that for you over there. Yeah. I love that thought. It but only true. it's more grand. <laughs> I'm doing it. We're doing it again. We're like, <laughs> we're just listening. <laughs> the wave washes over. Oh, we have to continue talking. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it. <laughs> no, yeah. no that's it was perfect. You know. <laughs> because I think, and you know, when you said that about your mom, I thought, oh my God, my mom, she didn't, she, my mom has never been like, you know, I realize now because of the spaces that I've stepped into, I realize what has been passed down to me unaware on her side, you know, and I, I see it go through the bloodline. Like I'm totally like, Whoa, you know, like I get all of this now and I get everybody in the family now. Like I, I see the women, I see the matriarchal line of all of this, but she, when I was younger, she tried to instill that in me too, that when somebody dies, they're never gone and, you know, we, she was raised Catholic and 
she started to raise me Catholic and then just let me do my own thing. Um, but it was based on that, well, your soul never leaves. Like it's all good. She never said it really in that space that I think of it now, but I understand that my little brain wrote that story and it was a good story. (laughs) It was like the right story to write of like, it will be sad and you will cry because you will miss the physical feeling of them. You will miss those those things but they're never gone they're always correct you'll always hear their voice you'll always remember those memories and you'll see them again you know and understand it like when you said that I was like oh I'm gonna tell my mom that, that like she did that for me because for a very long time I wondered what was wrong with me that I wouldn't fall out when somebody passed away like that I would be sad but I wouldn't like lose it like and and how it was difficult for me to connect to the people who did because I would just be like it's sad but they're not gone like it's all good and like you can't just say that to somebody who's grieving they they don't want to hear that it's very okay but it's like and mine is a little bit more (laughs) mine is a little bit morbid in in their witchery life you're like so-and-so died I'm like how do you figure like so unfair like I've been here being good you know like why did they get to go (laughs) like I don't understand like they've been a nuisance and God just took them really like I'm still here with you all (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't invited right yeah this party everybody's getting to go to why does the evil guy get to go (laughs) I don't want to go right but yeah, exactly. But it, it really is that like that that mindset, you know, shift and and when it can be instilled in you from when you're young, you have that knowledge and that experience and it can expand in that way versus the expansion of the sadness and the despair right. that attachment that, is suffering. Yeah, exactly, because I mean, I really do. It's not that I'm going to not be sad, you know, when people right. in my life right. pass, but I mean it's just like I know that they're, it's almost like comforting, like, oh, now you can be everywhere with me. <laughs> that was the other scary thing. You know, when my mom's gone, she sees me always here when she's on the other side of town. I'm still good. You know, I'm cool. She don't know nothing. But yeah, when she's on the other side, I better be watching my P's and Q's. <laughs> Mom's gonna see everything. No. Right? <laughs> and that's what she tells me. She's like, no, I'm not. Why would I want to come check on you? She's like, I'm gonna be at the party. You do your own thing. Right. <laughs> and even then there's like that 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 soul understanding of your of your journey. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't come with judgment. Correct. There. There's Correct. no judgment there. There's literally just watching. It's like watching. That's what I was little. I used to think of it as that. I was like, you went to heaven and you just watched the movie of the earth. Yes. <laughs> you, yes. You, you know, like you stepped in if somebody was about to do something and it wasn't time for them to go. Like that's how the guardian angel thing worked. Like this was yes. you know, how my little, my little brain thought you're just watching the movie and you're not Watch judging anybody. <laughs> well, and you know, and to kind of, that's why we so desperately look for signs. And I really feel in my heart of hearts that everybody can access their loved one. You don't need a medium. Of course. You don't need a medium. 
you just begin talking and open your auditory senses and allow them to respond back to you because you can hear anybody can do it. I'm not a big medium. I get people that come in, but with my family, like we have conversations. I have always grieved differently than everybody else. Every always like when my dad passed, I was very relieved at him passing because I knew he wasn't suffering and I knew that he would feel better on the other side. The other thing we need to consider when we think about the other side, while everybody physically kind of has their own healing, like my dad, I don't see him in a wheelchair anymore. He's walking, you know, they keep their essence of their personality. So if like my dad thinks he still knows what to tell me to do in order to my life to be okay. So when he's giving me advice, I'm like, really, you think I should do that? Like, I know that I need to take his advice with a grain of salt because he's still of that mindset that he knows better than me mm-hmm. and he may have insight but I still take everything he says with kind of a consideration of okay because he's still the same person he yeah. sees the bigger picture that's what happens when they go over they see the bigger picture they see some of the actions that they've done they 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 have an understanding of how it impacted people because the first time I asked I talked to him after his death, he was like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that, you know, because when I drove him, we drove him from North Carolina to um, to Pennsylvania, where I was living at the time, because I needed to go home. And I had already been there a month and a half. And um, he, he had, on the way up, like I was talking to him and he wouldn't talk and he was just very like distant and angry. I wouldn't, he wouldn't hold my hand and he was And he, you know, the first thing he says was like, I'm really sorry. I was just afraid of how my passing was going to affect you and whatever. And like, there was conversation about it. So they see that bigger picture. They see the overall arching picture and how actions affected people. Their personalities are still the same, which I like because dad, he has a good sense of humor. But at the same time, I, that's why I don't process grief the same way. Because usually when somebody's dying, they're suffering in some way. Even if it's tragic, they had a tragic event. They were hit by a car and they had a car accident or they fell or there's something, somebody shot them, you know, some God forbid, or they were murdered. There was trauma that happened and I don't want them to experience that trauma. I want them to be healed. And if that means they have to be on the other side, then, then I'm okay with that because I just know that they're going to be better for it, but that's my own weird way of dealing with things. Um, and, you know, I think we all have our instances like we've shared and, you know, I think we've covered a lot of ground today. I think yeah. um, <laughs> we, have, we went places we didn't we, know we were going to go. <laughs> and, you know, it's the power of three. It's the power of having this Ayla here with us today. This is exactly why I knew that it was time you, you know, you will still have fun podcasts that we're having fun and laughing and carrying on and we still will, but I think there's going to be a depth and another level to what we bring you. I hope that, you know, if you have questions about this podcast, bring them to the live. This Ayla is going to be within our lives with us. So if you have questions, you know, whatever, we're here for that. We're here for that. We want to know, we want to help you. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for embracing and allowing Ayla to be part of the Freud's Angels podcast and our team because she definitely 
she's bringing it up a level for us. Yeah. So Absolutely. thank you Ava, for coming today. And thank you. We hope Definitely. that uh, everybody gained some knowledge, gained something new. If you felt called out, then why did you feel called out today? <laughs> yeah, we're, poking. we're poking. We're poking. Because I felt poked today too. So that's funny. I was like, it wasn't about you, but I get it. <laughs> like, I have to do it. it happens to me where I'm like, okay, I guess probably. <laughs> hey, we gained a couple good subjects to talk about. For sure. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, most definitely. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. We love thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll talk thank you. on the other side. Love y'all. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.